Coming up today on the Lead to Succeed podcast. People who I've seen succeed are ones that are willing to drop almost everything. Uh, you know, they, they they go in with a kind of confidence that they can figure it out. But also, I think the best of them go in with a awareness of what they don't know, or at least a willingness to constantly re reconsider what they don't know. Do you want to learn the tricks that top leaders use to get the most out of themselves and their teams? Well, Naftali Hoff is here to help lead to succeed. Picks the brains of top leaders to learn about their challenges, insights, and best practices. Here's Naftali. Hello, Lead to Succeed Nation. It's Naftali Hoff, and welcome to Lead to Succeed, Episode 80. This episode is sponsored by the Impactful Business Leadership Mastermind. The mastermind brings together hungry entrepreneurs and business owners who want to scale their business, share ideas and solutions, grow, be held accountable, and build their networks. Learn more at impactfulcoaching.com forward slash BLM. Today, I have the pleasure of speaking with Jason Pfeiffer. Jason is the editor-in-chief of Entrepreneur Magazine, a prominent business publication available in the United States and Canada. He's also the host of two popular podcasts, the Build for Tomorrow podcast, where he discusses the significance of change in today's world, and the Problem Solvers podcast, a great resource for, resource for businesses and entrepreneurs. Jason is also the author of the book, Build for Tomorrow, Not for Yesterday, which will be released in 2022. On top of these, he's a frequent keynote speaker, as well as a startup advisor. Jason, it's so nice to have you on, on the show. Thank you so much for joining. Thanks for having me. It's my pleasure. I know we've been working to get to this point for a while. I've been following you. And of course, I'm a big fan of Entrepreneur Magazine. Thank and you. Other stuff that you're up to. And so I'm just curious because, you know, there are entrepreneurs who want to build businesses. Like, for example, on my mastermind yesterday, we were actually having this conversation. I've got a member who just, he seems to start more businesses than he can even keep, you know, keep tabs of. He doesn't even know how many businesses he has. And mm -hmm. then there are people like you who take a different slant. They want to be involved in entrepreneurship, but you're doing it through content creation. Primarily, it seems, you know, the magazine, of course, the podcast that I mentioned before. So tell me, how did you move specifically there? And, um, and, and, and why and, and what have you found, I guess, as a result of, of really putting all your energies into that space? Yeah. So well, thanks for that nice interest. So I come at it from content because that's my background. I am a media guy. I started as a community newspaper reporter fresh out of college. I moved into regional magazines and then national magazines. I worked at Men's Health. I worked at Maxim, which was a terrible idea. And I ended up at Entrepreneur and I'll be honest with you, when I got to Entrepreneur, and this was in 2015, I originally thought of it as a media job. My job is to come in. There was a lot of work to do on the magazine, which was pretty stale at the time. And I wanted to build a great magazine and serve an audience, which is what I had been trained throughout my career to do. But then something happened, and that was that I started talking to entrepreneurs every day. Mm -hmm. And that shifted my understanding of myself in a really fundamental way. The, the very first observation that I had was that entrepreneurs think vertically and I had been thinking horizontally, which is to say that I used to go through my career doing 
I'll write this story and then I'll move on and then I'll do that and then I'll move on and then I'll work at this job and then I'll move on. And everything was being spread across horizontally, you know, like an inch deep. And I realized that entrepreneurs don't think that way. Entrepreneurs think vertically. They stack on top of each other. They do one thing because it leads to another thing. And they are interested in how to exponentially grow with each step. And that made me think, what would happen if I did that for myself? And I stopped thinking of myself as a writer and an editor. And I started to think of myself as an entrepreneur. And that radically transformed my own my own business and my own work. I, I started my own media production company. I, I do quite a lot now in books and TV and speaking and so on. It, it, you're right that it is primarily content, although I have started also advising startups. And what I have found is that it is infinitely more gratifying to build vertically because when you build vertically, you can build something that you can stand on top of. Whereas when you build horizontally, you are often at the whims of other people. And that I think is contrary to the notion of entrepreneurship. Yeah. You know, I love it. First of all, I've never heard that metaphor before as it relates to the way you're thinking. Hmm. It actually strikes a chord for me personally, Jason, because of the fact that, you know, my background as my, lead, my listeners know, is school leadership, education and school leadership, mm. which is not usually the incubator for entrepreneurship. Yeah. You know, it's more about pre- preparing a great lesson, engaging with your students, all of this. And as you move through or up, let's call it the, the chain of command in a, in a school type institution, you can now become responsible for other people's successes in those very specific domains, but it's not usually with a business orientation. And the idea of stacking doesn't necessarily come into play. Yeah, But in my current work, even though I still educate, I still coach, I still provide resources from my knowledge, my wisdom, et cetera, or extracting it from my clients, at the end of the day, it's business first, right? Mm -hmm. It's a totally different mindset. And I'm thinking, I'm listening to you in the vertical concept and who I want to be and the impact I want to make in the world and how my my day-to-day work aligns or doesn't align with that vision I have for myself and the needs of my clients it like uh, you, I felt like you were talking right to me as you yeah. were kind of unpacking that whole thing. Well, I, I love that. That's great. And and this kind of mindset, I feel like, guides you in really large and very small ways. I'll give you an example. Throughout my career, I have encountered so many interesting people. I've interviewed fascinating people, very famous, not famous. And most of those people I have, because over the course of most of my career, have just slipped through my fingers. I, I, I was in touch with them for some period of time and then never again. And I wrote about them right. and then I moved on. And once I started thinking about how everything must be vertical, I realized, wait a second, all of these people are assets. Why am I letting them all go? And so I started, I created a spreadsheet, which I still have. It's called Good Contacts. It has literally everybody who I ever interact with and they're divided up into tabs. And How uh, How much do you sell that for, by the way? (laughs) <laughs> yeah, I know. It's a great resource, isn't it? It's uh, it's priceless. It's not right. for sale. Yeah. And, um, and it, but it's a wonderful resource that is made possible simply by the observation that when I collect and I grow vertically, that I am stronger. Oh, for sure. So I want to pick up on the last point you talked about, all these people you've been speaking to and interviewing and all of that, because entrepreneurship, it it looks glamorous in many ways. And of course, the success stories get a lot of attention, Um, but we have real problems. And part of the focus of our podcast is this podcast, and I'm sure yours as well, is to really understand the challenges, the struggles, the problems. So what do you hear from the folks that you're interviewing and talking to as their biggest problems, their biggest challenges? 
And how do you feel that either they or you advise them to overcome those challenges? Well, that's a great question. And it's I I don't see that people have any one particular challenge, um, you know, outside of that, they have absolutely no idea what's coming next. Right. I mean, generally, the, the way that entrepreneurship goes is that you go into it not armed with everything that you need and then you must figure it out as you go. And then the question becomes, how good are you at that? How how much have you been able to get outside of your own knowledge set and your own biases and rethink what can be pretty fundamental things about what you think about yourself, your business, your product, your customer, your marketplace. And the people who I've seen succeed are ones that are willing to drop almost everything. Uh, you know, they, they, they go in with a kind of confidence that they can figure it out. But also, I think the best of them go in with a awareness of what they don't know, or at least a willingness to constantly reconsider what they don't know. You know, it's funny, I was just, I was just talking with a couple of very, very young, aspiring entrepreneurs, you know, like, early twenties or something, and they're just sort of getting into this. And, you know, they have heard, they've absorbed fake it till you make it as a, as an idea, as a, as a phrase. And so they, they had asked me what I thought about that. And I said, you know, the, the, the important distinction here is that I, I do think, and I've seen entrepreneurs fake it till they make it in, in one sense. And that sense is that they had an ability they had a they had a core skill set or a product or something, and they faked their way through. Can you do this at scale? Can you do this right now? Whatever the case is, but what they didn't fake was having it in the first place, right? You know, you look at Theranos right now in that trial with Elizabeth Holmes, and she's basically going around to the military and to investors saying, "I have this machine that works," when in fact she doesn't have a machine that works. That that's not good faking until you make it. That's a terrible idea, sure. but. But if you if you go in eyes wide open, knowing that you have something to bring to the world and you are going to have to put yourself in uncomfortable situations where you're going to have to figure out on the fly how to deliver that thing the way that people want. And that's going to mean rethinking every single thing that you know and surrounding yourself with smart people who are going to be able to fill in the gaps that you don't have. That, I think, is where success really happens. It, it, it's it's that gap. And, uh, and so I guess over and over again, what I see is the problems that people have are that they face something they literally never had considered before. And then it is a matter of whether or not they can make the changes necessary to overcome it. Great. Yeah. So you mentioned having, a, you know, an advisor, a mentor, somebody who could, who could walk you through when you, when you yeah. are in that unknown territory. Um, but let's talk a little bit because I heard elements of self-awareness in there, right? Mm-hmm. Understanding what I know, what I don't know, where my strengths are, where I may not be so strong. How do you help people or what advice would you give someone to create more self-awareness? Because we all have blind spots. We all have egos, yeah. right? So how do I know when I can, quote, fake it till I make it, push my way through, find a, find a solution just because I'm that good? or need to take a step back, a reality check, all of that to make those better decisions? Uh, well, look, there's a million ways to do that. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to just run you through a little something that somebody once shared with me that I thought was pretty fascinating. Uh, and it goes like this. So I was curious about how people project what correct decisions are. 
All right, you're facing a lot of different changes, a lot of different options. How do you figure out which is the best one? And I called this guy who, his name is Warren Hatch. He's the CEO of a company called Good Judgment. Good Judgment is a forecasting company. And they have these people who they call super forecasters, who they've identified as being particularly excellent at forecasting. They are better than, uh, you know, far better than the average person at, at, at deciding um or at, at evaluating what is going to happen in any given situation in an industry, and in you know, and uh, and I said, well, how, what is, what is, what is it that makes a super forecaster? And he said, he said, well, you know, there are a number of things. Pattern recognition um, uh, is one of them, and uh, you know, an, an ability to be aware of your biases and and not fall uh, into them is another. But another is overconfidence. That most people, if you ask them, are they overconfident? Of course, they would say no. Right. But if you test, if you test them, they are in fact overconfident. And I said, well, then how do you test for overconfidence? And he said, well, um, there's, a, there's a, you know, we have a whole long um, test, but I'll give you one question on the test. What year was Gandhi born? Do you know what year Gandhi was born? I have no idea. Okay, great, perfect. Neither did I. Here's what I want you to do. I want you to give me the earliest year you think Gandhi was born and the latest year you think Gandhi was born. What's the earliest year you think Gandhi was born? Well, I don't think he was born by 1850, but I believe he was born probably around that time, maybe 1860s, 70s. I'm not sure exactly. All right, pick a date. Uh, 1865. Okay, and what is the latest year that you think Gandhi was born? Uh, 1890. Okay. So you are, this is a fascinating, this is fascinating that you've done this. Um, almost every time that I have uh, done this question, um, people did exactly what I did, which is that one, they were wildly off, but two, they were also exceptionally narrow. I said, you are, uh, you, you've revealed a, a greater level of education than me. I said 1940 to 1955, which is way off the mark, mm -hmm. right? Um, the answer is 1869. So it's actually, oh. you were right. It was, it was okay. within, the, within the range. But the, the thing that was most important to the question wasn't whether or not we knew when Gandhi was born, but rather what confidence did we have in the knowledge that we had? I gave a very narrow range, knowing absolutely nothing about Gandhi, right? I said, I clearly, I didn't know when he was born, but I said, 1940 to 1955, I gave a 15 year range. When I do this question, generally speaking, people do a 15 to 20 year range and they're off, even though they have no idea, which is to say that we are not aware of, we are not respecting the knowledge that we have or that we think we have. Instead, we are displaying an overconfidence in that we are narrowing the options that we are willing to consider based on no information. Now, you interestingly did something where you had a, you know, you had a, a wider range than me, but that range also actually happened to include the, the correct uh, numbers. So, um, so you perhaps uh, have displayed less overconfidence than I have. And so kudos to you for that. But the reason- It did happen to teach history. So I had some- Ah, uh, so you had a- you some had sense. A, you had a leg I didn't, up on I didn't teach. I didn't teach world world you know history at that period, but I at least had some context. Yeah. So so Warren said, look, the point of the like the thing to understand here is that 
we are often making decisions based on a limited amount of information and we're not recognizing what knowledge we have and we are overconfident in that knowledge. And then the problem is that we compound that mistake by then making further decisions based on the original decision, which was based on no information. And what we need to do instead is approach things with a real, realistic understanding of what we know and what we do not know and be aware of that so that we are not putting ourselves out needlessly so on a statistical limb because we don't need to know everything but what we need is to know that we do not know and that we must find better information and that is where good decisions are made i love it yeah because if you have the experience and the humility and of course your own wisdom you sort of package it together in the right way more often than not you're going to make some good decisions that's right. So I know, Jason, you only uh, were able to carve out a few minutes here. So I want to move into our next segment. Thank you so much for that. That was gold. Um, let's go into rapid fire. A quote that you live by or think about often. I, I often think of this thing that Malcolm Gladwell told me, which is self-conceptions are powerfully limiting. By that, he meant that the better that you, the more specific you define yourself, the more you will turn down all sorts of amazing other opportunities that don't fit into that narrow description. And so we should be pushing ourselves to define ourselves quite broadly or to not define ourselves at all. Self-conceptions are powerfully limiting. If I had more time, I would certainly ask you to unpack that. So we'll have to, we'll have to have that conversation another time because there's sure. a, lot, a lot of wisdom in there. Three yeah. characteristics entrepreneurs need to be successful. Adaptability. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, we sort of hit some of them. I think adaptability, self-awareness, and vulnerability. I, I think that when you I'll just emphasize that last one, I think that when we go through uh, our lives and our business acting um, as if we we must project uh, nothing but strength and knowledge, we isolate ourselves and yeah. we ultimately uh, do not have what we need to succeed. Yeah, there's there's much more of a push to vulnerability nowadays, but there's still room to grow there. And yeah. finally, a productivity tip to help us get more done. Uh, so I really like uh, I really like stacking things. Um, so I, I had a conversation with Bethany Frankel, uh, you, you know, Real Housewives now Skinny Girl, and she said she stacks everything that she possibly can, which is to say, you know, most of the days she spends she spends her days in like pajamas, uh, but she will if she's going to get all dressed up and put on makeup, she's going to do literally everything that needs to get done while being dressed up and and being in makeup. So that means every interview and every TV thing and every whatever is all happening at that same time. And I find that to be a really powerful way of thinking. The, the better we can start to be more efficient with our time and what we have, uh, I think the more we, 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 can, we can free up time for other things. Uh, one small way that I think about this is I, 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 I've stopped, I've reeled in the number of complex emails that I send people. And now I send them voice memos. I don't care if they're not a voice memo person. I will send them a voice memo when I'm walking to pick up my kid or I'm doing something else because now I'm able to do two things at once. And that's going to save me the 15, 20 minutes at home when I'm going to write this email. And that's more efficient and that's stacking. Yeah, I love it. I do it all the time myself. So Jason, I know you've got a book coming out. I mentioned that in the intro. You've got a lot going on. Let folks know, please, how they can find you online, how they could access your resources, your material, and get to know you better. Yeah, thank you. So uh, so the book comes out September of 22. So we've got some time. Um, but I would love for you to... I, 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 um, the book is about how to become more adaptable, and I am constantly writing on that subject. So... 
a good way for you to get involved, to you know, hear what I'm saying, and 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 also be in touch, which I'd love feedback, is if you go to my website right now, jasonfeifer.com, J-A-S-O-N-F-E-I-F-E-R.com, you'll see a little button that says free training. That is a free hour-long course that I have, audio course that I've done about how to become more adaptable. And when you sign up for that, you'll also be signed up for my newsletter. And, uh, and that way you can get a kind of constant dose of advice, insights from the smartest people that I talk to on, on how to become more adaptable and future-proofed and, and, and feel more optimistic about the future. One other thing, because you're a podcast listener, because you're listening to this, I have a podcast. It's called Build for Tomorrow, where I dismantle the stories about change that, are, that, that hold us back from progress. Love it. Okay. So I hope everybody's going to take full advantage. And of course, we're going to score that up in the, in the show notes as well. So Jason, before you run, uh, leave us please with one final life lesson. Oh boy. That's uh that's a, that's a big one. Um, I, look, I, I would say a, a phrase that I've come to really love, particularly over the pandemic, but I think that it applies at any time is reconsider the impossible. I think that oftentimes the greatest ideas that are available to us are not ones that we had never heard before or ones that were beamed down from Mars or something. They were just ideas that we had discarded because we thought that they were too hard or too difficult or didn't fit. Uh, We build a a fence around ourselves and we leave too many good ideas outside of that fence. So I would say at all times, push yourself to reconsider the impossible. Love it. Okay. I'm hearing some growth mindset in there and a lot of other things as well. Jason, it's really been a pleasure. Uh, Thank thank you you so much for making the time for this conversation. And I certainly look forward to uh, continuing to watch your success in so many ways and the impact that you're making in the world. Oh, well, thanks so much. Thanks for having me. I really appreciate it. Great questions. Thanks. Bye-bye now. Bye. Thanks so much for listening to this episode and for investing in yourself so that you can lead to succeed. Before you go, don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review the show. Your feedback gives the show more social proof and encourages more folks to listen. 